You're listening to the Firefighter Success Podcast. Join us as we learn from successful firefighters and fire service leaders on how to achieve excellence. When lives depend on us, success is our only option. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Firefighter Success Podcast. As always, I'm your host and the author of Firefighter Success, Jim Moss. This week's episode is part two of my interview with Captain Murphy Arsenault. In episode 54, we discussed his book, A Company of Leaders Leading at Every Level. Now, I highly recommend you go back and listen to that great episode if you haven't checked it out yet. Now, today's episode is going to be a lot of fun because we have Murphy back on the podcast, and we also have his co-author for Firehouse Mentor, Nick Joyner. And as we mentioned last time, Murphy Arsenault is a retired captain and 37-year veteran of the fire service. He started his career in the New Orleans Fire Department and finished it at St. George Fire Department in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Now, in this episode, we're also welcoming Lieutenant Nick Joyner. Nick has been in the fire service for 26 years, and in 1995, at 19 years old, he started his career at Abbeville Fire Department in Louisiana. In 2008, he made the move to Industrial Emergency Services in Baton Rouge to work as an industrial firefighter in an oil refinery plant. In 2010, Nick left the industrial scene and joined the St. George Fire Department, where he currently holds the rank of lieutenant. Nick also serves on the Honor Guard. He is passionate about promoting leadership, physical fitness, and pursuing his education. And in 2018, Nick started 10 Rounds Firefighting, a fire service task-related fitness program to help inspire other firefighters to get into top physical condition. He is a part-time training instructor, physical fitness instructor, and also leads leadership forums at St. George Fire Department for captains, lieutenants, and firefighters. And in 2017, Nick was overwhelmingly voted the Firefighter of the Year by his peers. Gentlemen, welcome to the Firefighter Success Podcast. Glad to have you both on to talk about your great book, Firehouse Mentor. So welcome. Thank you, Jim. Glad to be here, Jim. Yeah, so glad to have you guys on. It's going to be a great conversation. Um, And Nick, I asked this question to Murphy last time, but now it's your turn. You're in the hot seat now. So as (laughs) I like to ask all my guests, I need to know what is your definition of success and what are the essential qualities of successful firefighters? Oh, that's a, that's a, that's a tough, uh, thought provoking. That's a tall question. order. <laughs> yeah. Uh, be, uh, before answering, I, I'd like to say, you know, thank you for having me here. For sure. Um, I'm real, I'm real honored to be speaking to you. Um, I respect everything you're doing in the fire service. Uh, I think you're doing a really good thing here. Well, likewise, iron sharpens iron brother. So, um, I success, man, I, you know, I, my definition of success, I think it would be um, success is when you know where you're going and you get there because you did what you had to do to get there. Mm. And let me emphasize, you know, the right way. Yeah. No, no cheating, no lying, no, no backstabbing corners. Yeah. No sitting around wasting time, using your time wisely, knowing that you want to be a, a competent and proficient firefighter, captain or chief, and just doing the work to actually be that. Constantly training and, uh, you know, like polishing your skills. Mm. That's how you become good in firefighting and in life, by doing the, the hard work, mm. having strong morals and making good decisions. Mm, I like that. So if you had to boil it all down, what are the essential qualities of successful firefighters are the go-to firefighters that you want to have on your crew? Uh, the essential qualities, I would say, I, I believe courage is number one. Mm. We all know we have to have courage to do the job, obviously. But what about the courage to, to be different from others? Mm-hmm. To do the right thing. Yeah. When others that you're working with, they they might want to not follow policy or they might not feel like checking the truck every day. They might not want to train or they might not want to exercise. You have to have courage to be different because those people can be, they can be pretty persuasive and some of them can be bullish and the way they, the way they treat you. So you just have to have real courage to, 
to go out and do what you know you're supposed to do, even though others are not doing that. Yeah. And that's that's truly the definition of discipline, right? You know, it is making sure that no matter what, no matter who's around, you still stay the course, like you said, with your initial response for for defining what success is. You know, you know where you're going and you get there by determination, by discipline and by doing the right thing. And we have to have courage. We have to have discipline when we're going to achieve our goals and making sure that no one is going to get in our way of achieving our goals. And we get there by, like you said, doing the right thing. So I yeah, love that's that. right. You know, I think character and morals are so important because we all know those firefighters who, who might achieve rank and they might even be the chief of the fire department, but they have no character. They have no morals. Uh, they might backstab anyone or they might have already done that to get where they've gotten. And then they're just a, a train wreck in that position. Yeah, and they have no credibility. So it, it's really so damaging uh, to to see those types of, of characters, shall we say, in those positions. Um, and I'm so glad that you brought up the importance of character, morals and integrity in getting and in, in achieving our goals. So great, great response. Uh, so when I had Murphy on the podcast before, we discussed his book, A Company of Leaders Leading at Every Level. So this time, I really wanted to focus our conversation on firehouse mentors. So Murph, if you don't mind, let the listeners know why you guys wrote this book and how specifically every reader should use it. Well, uh, we, uh, we started out, honestly, just meeting with younger firefighters. We began to see you know, young firefighters after a year, two or three years just quit and uh, with real no direction as to what they were really going to do. And so we started meeting with them and, you know, trying to help them overcome you know any negative influences. And this is on and off the job, obviously. Uh, and to give them some tools to use into helping them be successful in the fire service and out. And so we reached out to them. We, you know, we just started uh, none of them were assigned to our company. So we really didn't have the influence in the station on a day-to-day -day basis with them. Uh, and so we began to think, man, how can we reach the guys that aren't assigned to us? And, and, uh, you know, it, it kind of started, you know, we, we had, uh, we had a fire where three of our rookies, they were fresh. I mean, fresh out of training school, we had a fire and they, and they pulled this, uh, uh, this woman out of a fire and she was burned. She was obviously uh, they tried to revive her and couldn't. And, and uh, you know, so we, we would make phone calls to them and ask them, hey, man, how you doing with that? You know, you, you, you've seen something in the you know, first couple of months of your career that it may take others, uh, you know, a decade, you know, whatever, depending on where you're at. Mm -hmm. right. And so we reached out to them and, you know, two of them were doing, you know, one of them said, you know, that's life. And I turned to Nick, I said, he's going to be all right. You know, <laughs> but and then he ended up being on my company. So anyway, but then the other, you know, one of the guys was like, dude, I couldn't get that out of my mind. And, you know, so you kind of work with him. But what happened over time, we ended up meeting with those guys. And, uh, you know, so we sitting at these meetings and at first we started out at the firehouse and then we did it at headquarters. And, and what we found out that those places uh too many distractions and you know there may be some negative opinions and people just say things even if they're not sitting at the table at the meeting you know mm -hmm. they're still in the firehouse and stuff like that and so we decided to do it at a coffee house and that really worked out well in fact the name of the book was originally coffee house mentor and we decided to change it to firehouse mentor but uh you know so we started meeting with these guys and and uh, so we, we began to develop questions and and then this led to follow up questions to, to chart their growth, to see if they really were getting what we were saying. And uh, before long, the, the, the format was developed. And, you know, about that same time, Company of Leaders, the other book was was coming out. So we started working on time constraints and, you know, oh, this is too long. You know, we had to. So we had to get the parameters where we respected people's time. Uh, that were coming to this and we wouldn't spend all morning with them. Uh, you know, it would be, you know, we'd get over the stuff briefly, they can go through it and then boom, they're on about that day. Some of them had part-time jobs, family responsibilities and stuff like that. So we, we kind of limited it to like an hour and 15 minutes. But the good thing about the coffee house is that the people could speak freely. They didn't have the interactions in the firehouse. They wasn't worried about the peer pressure over their shoulders and stuff like that. So we began 
at that point, start looking at other people like other officers who led themselves well and said, hey, you know, check this out, you know, sit down with your younger firefighters and and you go through these things. And, and the reason why we came up with the topics we did is because we felt those are the places where we see we saw people failing. Uh, you know, people, I mean, droves of people failing because of the drug test. They failed the drug test. You know, and then the next thing you know, these young guys are coming in. Oh, man, I had to resign because, you know, they were getting ready to fire me because I failed the drug test. And uh, just some of it was just decisions that just you could tell were being peer pressure led. Mm -hmm. And uh, these guys wanting to fit in, they were just doing whatever the group was doing. And so we thought, you know, let's let's come up with some topics that can help these people uh, as we discussed last time, Jim, to think for themselves and to be able to have the courage to stand up, like Nick just said, and and do the right thing when everybody, not everybody, but when other people aren't, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so we basically came up with that uh, to do that now. So Firehouse Mentor really is a workbook. Now we put it in the book format so that, you know, it goes hand in hand with the other book, but it really is a workbook. And so you know, uh, how to use it is, you know, you, you first, I would recommend you read it yourself before you, uh, you know, go in and sit down with others. But what we found was that some of these other leaders that they were doing well leading themselves, but to sit down with a group of other people was a little bit intimidating. Mm -hmm. And so we tried to lay out a format so that we would give them, uh, just a, a path to use. And then, and, you know, they just had to facilitate it and, and that makes it easy. You know, that way you don't have to be, you know, like, Oh man, this guy's got to come up with this all on his own. It, it just lays out a format that you can sit down with young people. And, and so I would suggest when you do this, you read it, familiarize yourself with the material, uh, have the, the, the people that you're going to sit with go through the material as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, you look for younger firefighters. Uh, and I said, you know, it, it's easier to mold clay that's fresh and soft than it is to mold clay that's been fired in the kiln. <laughs> Not that us old dogs can't learn new tricks because we can, mm -hmm. but man, it's so much nicer to, to get guys that are young in the career. They love the fireplace before they're tainted, you know, with, uh, you know, some of our, our personnel that just have let, life overtake them and they just negative about everything, you know? So, right. uh, and so it's good to get them and, and, and it, look, if you have someone who wants to co-lead, which as Nick and I did, man, that just makes it so much easier, but we suggest two or three, uh, to keep it in a span of control, uh, type of, uh, way, you know, that, cause these people you're going to follow up on, you may get phone calls and odd hours cause they haven't if issues with stuff and they need your advice and, and they just want you, they just want somebody to talk to to help walk them through what they're going through. And so if you have too many people uh, that can be, it can get out of control somewhat. So it, it's good to have two or three people keep it in a span of control. If you're not co-leading, you may be able to get by with four young, young people, but uh, make sure they read, the introduction and the first topic before the, before the meeting. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, obviously you got to find a coffee house that best suits you or a place that best suits you. Uh, it's quiet, might have a quiet corner, enough chairs that, you know, uh, that, you know, can fit all y'all that you're not crammed up and in a time that works best for everybody. Sure. Now how to use it is as you start, the meeting starts, there's an introduction section for your first meeting. And that's about 15 minutes. Uh, the book has notes throughout it to guide the mentor. Now, the people that are being mentored can read these notes as well, because that's going to help the mentor because they'll know, oh, we need to quit. In other words, there's, a, there's a, a guy that says, beware of rabbit trails that have nothing to do with the subject. So that way, the meetings don't turn into uh, let's complain about our fire department the whole hour and 15 minutes we got. Right. And so it warns them about rabbit trails and how to stir the conversation back to what you want. Uh, and so anyway, that's the introduction. That's about a 15 minutes we allow for that. And you have to keep time and you know, keep track of time. Uh, but you remember, be yourself and have fun, you know, just like, you know, this podcast, it's you being, we're being ourselves and we're enjoying it. We're having fun. 
but we're also teaching and we're helping others. So, uh, but then after you move on from the instruction, there's an icebreaker section where there's four or five questions and the facilitator can choose one, two, one or two of the questions. This is about a 15 minute section as well. Uh, but these questions will help generate the, the discussion about the topic that you're getting ready to go into. Now, as you move into the discussion section, that's about 30 minutes. In that, we have our input, which is in the discussion section, and the facilitator can go through that. And obviously, we want anybody who's facilitating to add their own experiences and their own uh, thoughts and stuff to that. It's not just you know re regurgitating what we say. Uh, and then after that, you're going to finally you're going to move on to, to the apply it section, and that's about 20 minutes. And then you that just says these are different ways that you can apply what, what, what we've just went through. Mm. Uh, and because that's your first meeting, there's no review section, there's no follow up questions. But after that, you're going to have a follow up. So that way, the follow up is going to be the very first thing instead of the introduction on your next meeting. And you sit down, and you say, okay, so. Who, who wants to talk about how we apply that, what we learned this week to situations uh, last week? And so we go over, and that's about 10 minutes, how you applied it. And, you know, some guys need more motivation. Some people, you know, just more encouragement to say, okay, you know, some of them may not, they may have stumbled, you know, everybody's, let's just say, for instance, you're trying to eat well and do right and, and you know, be healthy and exercise and and the crew is like, well, we ain't doing it today, man. Yeah, you're wasting your time. And then they end up sitting on the couch all day, mm -hmm. you know? So it's not that you want to beat people up, but you want to say, okay, look, you're encouraging them, you know, because like Nick said, you need that, that courage to step up, to do the right thing, even if nobody else is doing it. And oftentimes, you know, that's going to be the case, you know, as you bounce around at different stations. Now it's great if you get with a crew and everybody's on board and everybody's doing it. And when you don't feel like it, you know, there's times I didn't feel like doing nothing. And Nick was like, come on, man, we're going to hit it. I'm like, man, you don't let up. <laughs> it's time <laughs> to go. It's time up, to I go. I off my butt and I went out there and I did it. But, you know, so it, it's good when you have people on your crew, uh, especially like Nick, man. Nick made my life so easy. Uh, it was like, wow, where have you been all my life, you know? Yeah, I need, I need a crew of Nicks all the time. <laughs> yeah. So. But that's what my chief said. He said, I wish I could clone Nick. <laughs> I said, well, I think I think we have the technology. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I'm so glad you brought up the application section of each topic. And you guys divide it up into topics, not necessarily chapters within the book, which is which is really nice. But the application section is so important. You know, in, in the Firefighter Functional Fitness book and the Firefighter Success book, I had specific action steps that I wanted people to take because it's one thing to right. read all the information, right? It's one thing to read it. It's one thing to absorb it, which is which is the second stage. But, you know, what we really want people to do with all of these uh, ideas and, and concepts is we want them to apply it. So I'm glad that, you know, in the following meeting, you ask your mentees, if you will, you ask the people who are, are part of your mentorship relationship, how did you apply what we talked about last week? So there's that added accountability and that added expectation, if you will, that, you know, hey, we talked about this. I want you guys to apply it and get back to me and how you applied it. And, you know, talking about expectations, I'm someone who is really big on expectations for my crew because every firefighter wants to know what to expect uh, on their crew, from their company officer, from their leader. So I love that Firehouse Mentor actually started with quote unquote course expectations. So why did you guys choose to start the book this way? As any young not just young, but anybody come would, would come to my company as an officer. I would shortly after we check the truck and we eat breakfast, we would have that, you know, that little sit down in the office and it's real casual. You know, I turn off all the lights and have a spotlight on the firefighter's seat. <laughs> and no, I'm just kidding. You know, they may feel that way. Like, it's, oh man, I'm under the spotlight, but it's not, it's just, it's a really casual sit down and maybe they've had not so good of reputation in the fire service and i may start out with you know as a new slate you get to prove to me who you really are because you know i hear rumors but i don't necessarily may not be true so you right now you have this is your time to shine and i'd welcome them to the crew and tell them what i would expect 
And I'd also ask them what they expect of me as an officer. And, you know, of course, you get different responses depending on how long they've been on the job. But uh, as stuff like, you know, they don't appreciate being uh, talked down to, or, you know, you know, bullied or whatever, you know, whatever the case may be. But when it comes to the book, we thought, you know, why not start the book out with expectations, just like we do when we got people who assign, come, you know, get assigned to our company for the first time. Right. Uh, so that there's, there's, there's nothing hidden. Everything's on the table. We're not, we're not trying to, you know, manipulate you. This, this is, Hey, this is the cards are on the table. This is what it is. Right. I love it because, you know, you put that right in the beginning of the book and it, the reader's going to read that, whether it's the mentor or the mentee, they're going to read that and they're going to be like, well, this book is for me or this book isn't for me. Right. And so right, if, exactly. if they're not in the right frame of mind, uh, when they read those expectations, then maybe they need to put it down and maybe they'll come back to it in six months or a year or whatever, when they are in the right frame of mind and they can right. proceed forward with the book. So they know exactly what they're getting into. Just like you said, with our crew members, they know exactly what they're getting into. And maybe they don't have the option of, of <laughs> leaving our company if they don't like our, our expectations. But every firefighter wants to know what to expect and how to proceed forward as company officers if we don't give our men and women the expectations that we expect of them, if they fail, how, how are we going to hold them accountable to that if they didn't know the expectations, right? So we need to make sure that we're communicating that um, and that they know exactly how to proceed forward while working with us on our cruise. So I love that you started the book that way. Well, you know, one thing, Jim, uh, with, with expectations, when, when we sit down with a firefighter and we give them expectations, we hold ourselves accountable to those same expectations. So uh, in doing that, it, it really it's 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 holding ourselves accountable as well. That's right. Providing that extra level of accountability that we as company officers, as leaders, we need to lead by example every day. So great point that you brought up there. So there are so many great discussion topics in the book. So this is going to be a question for each of you to answer because I'm interested to hear your guys' responses. But Nick, I'll start with you. So what topic within the book would you say is most important to you and why? I believe the, the minds under construction topic is the most important. Mm. Uh, you know, this topic, it, it discusses different character traits and personalities and uh, the effects that they have on the minds of others. Mm -hmm. So everything we do, how we are, our habits and routines, it all starts in our mind. And the only way to be successful is to know that you will be successful in your mind first. Right. So understanding yourself and understanding the effects that the words and actions of other people can have on you is, is real important. So, you know, this part of the book helps you navigate that. So if, if you pay attention and just as you go through life or, you know, sitting in a fire station, if you pay attention and focus on your path, you could recognize all of the obstacles and detours and, roadblocks and things that will take you off your, your path. If you understand that stuff better and you recognize it and focus, you'll be better equipped to have a, a more successful, rewarding career. Oh, I agree. And it, it does start with our mindset. It does start with our attitude. And, and as long as we know that we have that goal in front of us, like you said, as long as we know we have it in front of us, we know what it is and we know what we are all about, we have our own core values, then any obstacle that really comes along and stands in our way, we know we're going to overcome it, right? We, we know that exactly. we're eventually going to achieve success because we have that discipline, we have that determination, we have that mindset and attitude that we are going to succeed no matter what. So I love yes. that, that topic and that response. What about you, Murph? What was your favorite topic in the book? Uh, that was a tough one because, uh, you know, all of them are just all of them support each other. And so but I say, you know, if I got to choose one, I, I'm going to say the first topic. And so the first topic is, as we start out, uh, the first lesson is developing a good reputation. Mm. Now, we use road signs opposite every topic heading page because, uh, you know, road signs get us from point A to point B. Uh, and they also warn us of dangers along the way. 
And so we use road signs. And for topic one, the road sign is the future begins now. Mm. And the future really does begin now because the things that you do and then it sets you up for success uh, in the future. And it also makes your life a little better in the here and now, you know, Nick always said, you got to do the hard things first. You know, Mm -hmm. I remember Nick telling one of the young guys, you know, it's like, it's like, uh, uh, doing the hard things first is like, you know, making sure all your debts and you don't spend more than you make. And, you know, that stuff's hard setting up a budget and, and blah, blah, blah. And then he goes, but then your life gets easier when you're on that budget because you got some money, you got saved up, you, you plan, life gets easier. On the flip side, he said, if you don't and you spend more than you make, then, then the creditors are calling you, you're, you're having marital problems because of the financial issues, and, you know, your life becomes a mess. So he said, if you do the hard things first, your life gets easier. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, you know, we, that's the kind of stuff we're talking about that, you know, the, the future begins now. And so, and I like that, you know, it's, you know, it, it, it helps to, to helps you to think about it and gives you some actions to take and, uh, you know, just living with, with intentionality. It just, it helps you today and in the future. So uh, the beginning is always a great place to start, you know? Yeah. And it comes back to that discipline, right? And, and as we've heard Jocko Willink say before, discipline equals freedom. And if we give the analogy when it comes to fitness, you know, uh, being in shape, working out daily, watching what we eat, that's hard, right? That takes discipline, but you know what else is hard? being out of shape, right? Dealing with all those health issues, taking all those medications to, you know, for your obesity, for your high cholesterol, for all those different things that can affect you. Both are hard, right? So we need to choose our hard, right? We need to have that discipline because- uh, And we we see that, we see it all the time as firefighters and EMTs. We go into these people's homes and we see what they're struggling with. mm -hmm. And it's, it's from lack of a good diet lack of exercise and they get older and life is very hard for them. Right. And that's, that's a wake up call for us. I know I've been in those situations where you respond to that, you know, 400, 500, 600 pound, you know, even higher patient. You're like, Whoa, you know, I never want to get to that, that stage. And I, you know, just another wake up call for all the different things we respond to, to really be like, I really need to take care of myself, not only for myself, but for my family, for my fellow firefighters as well. Look, uh, any wimp can quit smoking. It takes a real man to deal with lung cancer. (laughs) Yeah, you said that last time. I remember that. I remember that. So let's talk a little bit about excellence. So on page 16, you guys wrote a sentence that really uh, stuck out to me because it is so true. So you wrote that quote, no one drifts into excellence. They must learn to be intentional about their careers. There is no terminal point for striving to become better firefighters and leaders in our departments. We can always learn more. We can always improve. We can always train more. I love that. So speak to the critical importance of being intentional and taking action in order to achieve excellence. Murph, I'll let you answer that one. Well, I think, uh, you know, being serious about your career, you know, there's being intentional. It's, it's, you know, we all make room for what's important for us in life. We, we all do it. You know, we say, oh, we don't have time for some things, but that's because they're not important to us. Right. Uh, and so if our careers are really important, we're going to make room for that. And that means, you know, starting a, a plan, learning something new. Uh, you know, when something is important, we dream about it. We, we, we focus more on it. Uh, we research it. We develop a plan. We execute the plans. And you know, without those intentional steps to implement your plan, uh, you, you, you remain in the dream phase. Uh, it's, it's like, you know, all the other things are good and well, but without taking action, it, it's just a dream. And so, you know, we recommend not just to be a dreamer. Uh, you know, it's like, you know, the pearl, oh, when I make captain, I'm going to blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. We'll start that now. Right. Start those disciplines now. Uh, and that that's mainly what we talk about being intentional and, and taking those actions is what are the actions that you need? And, you know, it's like if you want to be serious, I heard this guy say this one time, if you want to be serious about anything, let's say X, talk a lot about X, mm-hmm. have a file about X, develop a plan about X. Right. Have a chart about X. Be serious and intentional about X. And lastly, just be X. Yeah. 
If, if X is leadership, then be a leader. You don't have to be the head of the department to be a leader. You just have to lead yourself well in the jobs and the things that are assigned to you. Mm. That's just like a football player. He doesn't have to run the whole team. If I'm a running back, then I just have to be a running back and I have to excel at that. So if I'm a firefighter, excel at those things. If I'm a lieutenant, excel at those things. If I'm a captain, a chief, you be that instead of just talking about it, you know? Oh, amen. I love that. Taking action every day and being about it, you know, not just talking about it, be about it every single day. Uh, Nick, was there anything you wanted to add to that? Yeah. Murph, I love that answer, man. I'm so motivated. Right now. I'm going to go work out as soon as we're done with this. this I'm working out while we're talking. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, um, no one no one really becomes excellent at anything by mistake. Mm-hmm. It's uh, you 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 can't do the bare minimum and become really, really good at something is if you look at the number of hours that professional musicians practice or professional athletes train uh it's it's a lot of time that goes into that and, and it's all planned out on how they're going to do it uh you, you got top tier coaches that read and study film and develop strategic playbooks and it's it's almost like they dedicate their whole life to this stuff and they they become great and you you see them on tv all the time everybody talks about them it didn't come from it, from nothing they didn't just sit down and walk outside one day and they were great. Uh, this, the, the same, it basically applies to the fire service. Being good with skills, strength, stamina, and having the knowledge of you know, strategy and tactics, all of that stuff requires focus. It, it requires a realistic plan of action and a, you know, a strong commitment to do the work on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. It's a constant throughout your whole career. You have to remain teachable and never stop learning, never stop training. Just action, 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 like you said, Murph. That's how you achieve excellence. And excellence is not an accident, right? I mean, we're on the topic of of, of intentionality, taking action. You know, excellence is no accident. Uh, You know, within the last five to 10 years, I would say, uh, you know, I've been, really been convicted of uh, of needing to be the best dad that I can be, to be the best husband that I can be. Now you and talk. I know that by by doing those two things, it's only going to transfer over to me being a better firefighter, a better captain, a better officer uh, and leader within my fire department. And so, you know, w- what I was convicted of, shall I say, is that you know, with intentionality, with taking action, like those things don't just happen, right? Mm -hmm. Like I need to be intentional about spending that 15 minutes of focused time with each of my kids on a daily basis. You know, I need to make sure that when I'm, you know, laying them down for bed at night, that, you know, I'm reading the story to them, that I'm praying with them, that I'm doing this or that. And I have that one-on-one time with them uh, to be being intentional and taking action uh, to building, you know, building those relationships the way that they need to be um, and that they're they're not just going to happen. Right. They take effort. You know, uh, yes. having a great marriage takes effort, you right. know, and, and serving your your spouse, your wife, uh, your husband, whoever, you know, that takes action and effort. And we need to make sure that on a daily basis, we need to figure out those tasks of what we need to do to encourage our spouse, uh, how we can serve them and uh, find ways to take action, like I said before. So I love your guys' response. You guys knocked it out of the park. Um, and, um, you know, uh, for my next question, uh, I love this because, you know, I'm passionate about fitness, right? That's you know, you, I'm man. passionate about fitness. So this is going to be a good question that I'm sure we're going to talk about for a little while. But, you know, in both of your guys' books, you know, being fit for duty is just such an important component to being a successful firefighter. I truly believe that along with you guys. So why was there such an emphasis on physical fitness? Nick, I'll let you handle this one. Well, first off, it's crazy to me that this is even an issue in the fire service because in my mind, when I imagine firefighters, police, or military, I, you know, I see ultra fit people who do the job with precision, but, um, I don't know. When I open my eyes to the real world, it's not like that. And, uh, you know, I think we should have mandatory fitness requirements throughout our career, but we don't. So we have to do stuff like this. And that's why you see books and 
websites and uh, like social media pages all dedicated to trying to motivate firefighters to get fit or stay fit. It's really important to me, and I, I believe it should be important to all firefighters. Uh, because if just uh, when I think about it, I'm thinking if I need to help remove a victim or another firefighter, I would hope that everyone involved in that situation is physically fit enough to do the job proficiently. If not, we have people getting hurt or the job takes longer or the job doesn't get done at all. And, mm -hmm. you know, I've been in situations where the other firefighter just wasn't strong enough or they couldn't go anymore because of stamina issues. And either I had to take on more of a, a workload or we had to call for more help. And that's a that's a heck of a situation to be in. Yeah. To be the, that weakest link, right, for your crew is, is just something that no one really wants to be. And I truly believe that we cannot be successful firefighters if we are unfit. It is such an, a fundamental requirement of everything we do that, you know, if you're unfit, it just makes everything else so much harder. And it, because it as does. we know, it's a physical job, right? It is. It is. Sometimes I feel kind of I feel kind of bad saying that because I feel exactly how you feel on that. You know, I got buddies that they, they don't exercise. They, they're not the fittest firefighters. And uh, it's not that I'm judging them. It's just that you want them to do better in this profession. We should we should all be fit because that's it's part of the job. You use your body. to. It's a it's a physical job. That's right. And as we've heard, you know, from Fit to Fight Fire, those guys, John Spera, Tom Johnson, Craig Stalloway, you know, be that firefighter you want showing up to your house at 2 a.m. in the morning when your house is on fire and your kids are inside. Be that firefighter, you know, not only your fitness, your skills, everything about you, be that firefighter that you want showing up to your house, right? Exactly. And, uh, you know, being fit helps you with all your skills. It's just, it's, it, it, it has to is because your body is used to doing those movements. You, you better at doing the movements. Exactly. So I want to talk a little bit about 10 rounds firefighting, if you don't mind. So you, this is a, a company and I would say a movement that you've started, right, Nick? So talk a little bit more about 10 rounds firefighting and how it motivates and how it inspires firefighters to take better care of themselves. 10 rounds firefighting was my way of trying to do my part in motivating firefighters to eat better and exercise. I do it in the station. I do it with whoever I'm around. I try to influence them to make better choices. And every time I go outside to do a workout, I ask them, I ask everybody in the station, hey, you coming out there today? And, you know, I don't, I don't bully people. I don't push them. I don't make fun of them. I just ask them. And sometimes they come, sometimes they don't. If you build it, they'll come, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, working with Murphy and just we we try to come up with ideas all the time on how to do things to motivate more people to do different things, whether it be leadership or or training, just whatever. We we came up with uh, what about if we you know did this on social media and tried to motivate people not just in our department but wherever social media reaches out to and put this stuff on there. So we started posting workouts and uh, what we what we ate at the station and try to put some motivational things to get people to eat better and go outside and exercise and train. And it, it just it started growing. And uh, what 10 rounds is, is it's functional fitness workouts with three or four different exercises in there. And you do 10 rounds of it, kind of like CrossFit. And uh, it's all based on firefighting skills and the muscle groups that you would be using to do certain things like pulling holes or um, like the firefighter drag. All of the exercises correlate to the actual skills and tasks that you use as a firefighter. I love its simplicity, right? Because you're yeah. basically saying, here's 10 rounds. Let's do uh, 10 push-ups, 
10 air squats and uh, 10 flutter kicks or something like that. And right, so you right. just go in that cycle of those 10 reps, uh, three different exercises uh, for 10 rounds, right? Is that, is that basically how it's set up? Pretty much. That's it. Yeah. I love simple, right? At firefighters love simple and simple uh, doesn't always mean easy to execute, right? <laughs> Depending yeah. on our, our, our fitness levels, right? What I like about 10 rounds is that, okay, so you do, we got, you know, 10 push-ups. Uh, you know, 10 squats, whatever it is. But let's just say you're that guy that, you know, needs to lose 50, 60 pounds. And man, I can't keep up with y'all. And so what they can do is three push-ups. They just mm -hmm. start somewhere. Yeah. Three squats. You don't have to do everything we're doing, but we're out there doing it together and it motivates yeah. each other. And I would add, when Nick started posting it, we didn't realize that we started getting other engine houses posting their workouts doing 10 rounds. I love that. And so it was like, oh man, this is cool. So, you know, it, Nick just kind of started something and it just started taking off. Yeah. And I think it did motivate a lot of people to, you know, get up out of the recliner and at least go for a jog or a walk or something. Even if they don't do the 10 round workout, they still did something. If you're out there listening, you have no idea what to do do something, right. go for that walk, go for that hike. Um, if yesterday you didn't do any pushups today, do five. So just start somewhere. And, and really what it's all about is, is starting and taking ownership because we all know as, as firefighters, we have to be fit for the job and that's, what's most important. Uh, so we encourage everyone out there listening. If your fitness isn't where it should be right now, just take the next step. And it doesn't have to be the biggest step. Just take the next step doing five push-ups, five air squats, and just do something because you're going to be better off for it tomorrow. Right. So one of the things I want to talk about from Firehouse Mentor is the idea or theme of, quote unquote, protecting the brand. So Nick, what exactly does that mean and how can every firefighter execute it? Protecting the brand is a, it's a pledge in the back of the book. And I, I'll get to that. What we mean by protect the brand is protect the reputation of the fire service. The Maltese cross, it represents something to all firefighters and, you know, as it should, because the, the fire service has been around in America since around the 1700s, 1730 mm -hmm. something. So that's almost 300 years of history and tradition. Firefighters are very highly respected and trusted not only across the country, but across the world. And people see us as these courageous heroes that are always there to help people. And they, they know that we have high standards for honesty, integrity, and hard work. So the fire service has a very, very good reputation. So what the pledge does is it gives us a guide or like a checklist for our actions, our decisions and behaviors just to keep us, to help keep us on track and protect the reputation and the public image of the fire service that's been built over this nearly 300 years. You know, each one of us is a representative of all firefighters. Whatever we do on duty or off duty, it can affect that reputation. So the, the players just deals with things like um, integrity, respect, pursuing excellence, we as firefighters are, are held in such high regard that we absolutely have to honor the oath that we took, right? Right. We have to honor the job and the great profession that we're a part of. We have to also honor the traditions and those that came before us, but we also need to honor our citizens who we serve on a daily basis. So right. when I, when I saw that protecting the brand, like to me, it just screamed honor, right? We need to honor yes. so many different things and we need to carry ourselves with honor on a daily basis. Uh, Murph, did you have anything you want to add to that? Yeah. I, I you know, I think, uh, you know, we, we always got to keep in mind that as a firefighter, we are an ambassador. Mm -hmm. uh, we're an ambassador for the fire service. We represent the fire service on yeah. and off the job. Uh, you know, so public perception is simply that it's perception. They arrive at that perception by how they see us. And so we might be having a really bad day, but it doesn't, give us the right to transfer that to the public. Uh, so how we speak, act, and carry ourselves on and off duty creates an image in the public's eye. That's their perception. If we don't talk with pride and we trash talk the fire service or 
sitting at a restaurant, group of firefighters with all of their T-shirts on. And then they drop an F-bombs in a restaurant. And there's a couple sitting over there with their five-year-old kid eating breakfast. That's not good. You know, and I'm not saying, oh, you can't have a curse. But I mean, by, by all means, you, you got to remember when you out in public, you're an ambassador. You represent us yep. a, a, as a whole. So, you know, I mean, I think that's, you know, a really good thing. And, you know, we all have the stickers on the vehicles and we wear the shirts. And uh, uh, in your book, The Firefighting Success, on page 138, you say, do we tailgate other cars? or cut drivers off when we're driving the fire department apparatus. And I'm going to even add your own vehicle. If you've right. got a fire department sticker on it, that's right. You know, uh, public perception or uh, uh, whether it's confident or lack of uh, that, that turns into lost revenue. If it's a lack of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a, a you know, easy way for a taxpayer to say no. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 And fire department, you know, this guy did this, you know, whatever. I mean, I, I understand it's short-sighted and it's grouping all, but, but you know, for, uh, throughout history, the leader gets the bad rep because of the followers' actions, right? Mm -hmm, right. Uh, and so, you know, it's kind of the same thing when we represent the fire department. I mean, if you're going to wear the shirt and you're going to have that stuff on your personal vehicle, then be mindful of that and be patient, be polite, be courteous, open doors for people. Don't cut people off in traffic. You know, just like you said in your book, you know, it's like, you, you you have to do these things or take off the shirt and take the stickers off your vehicle. Yep. And it comes back to what Nick said uh, before in two occasions. You know, first of all, one of us represents all of us and then just do the right, right. thing. It comes back to integrity and character. So uh, next question for you guys. So topic number nine is all about competence. So another great C. I, I love seeing all these C's, you know, courage and competence. So you, uh, you guys definitely hit a home run with that. So you guys say the following in this topic. You say, quote, it is possible to have credentials with no credibility. Man, isn't that true? So, Murph, what did you guys mean by that statement? Well, let me give you a short story. I read a book by uh, Marty Macri, and in the book, he talks about all hospitals have, and they call Dr. Hodad, hands of death and destruction. Mm. Nobody would let their family members let this doctor work on them. In other words, he's got the credentials, but in their minds, he's not credible. He, they would not let that guy touch him for nothing because he's just a mess. That's right. Well, do we have firefighters that are hands of death and destruction? Meaning, you know, they're toxic. They complain constantly. Uh, there's a story of a bunch of firefighters pushing each other around in a shopping cart. Now, imagine a civilian going, at any moment, my hands could be, <laughs> my life can be in their hands. You know, it, we got to be mindful of, of, of that stuff. And again, it's public perception, but, you know, passing rookie school with certificates and it gives you credentials. But but if that's all you've done in 10 years, uh, you're going to get rusty and, and you're going to lose your edge. And, you know, it goes back to that that heart surgeon, that doctor. Right. You you wouldn't let you want the guy who's going to do your heart surgery. You want the guy that's on top of his game. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and so competence is a real important thing and it builds trust too. also, you know, you know, a chief, you know, chief knows it, a chief that's doing his job. Well, knows the capabilities of his captains and his crews that are arriving on the scene. And I've had chiefs many times say, Oh, here comes engine such and such. In other words, I guess I'm gonna strike another alarm <laughs> because I know these guys, you know, it's the Keystone cop showing up, so to speak. But I mean, it's nice when that chief goes, oh, cool, man, I got engine such and such coming. He knows the job's going to get done That's yep. because they're competent and, and, they're, and they're trustworthy. You know, they are those go to successful firefighters. Right. And as you're talking two two uh, thoughts came to mind, one of which is, uh, you know, when it comes to doctors or lawyers or whatever it is, we can even apply this to firefighters. Right. So what do you call a doctor who graduated absolutely bottom last in his class? He's still a doctor, yeah. right? He ain't the best right. doctor, right? And that can be applied to firefighters too, right? And and this is what made me think of, uh, we've all heard the, the phrase before, uh, achieving the minimum standard is one step above what? Incompetence, right? right? So we need to make sure that we are not those minimum standard or bare minimum firefighters. We need to be striving towards excellence on a daily basis. And we need to remember that even though we have the credentials or, or we could also say the certificates, right? Even if we have those right. things, which, which are good and in themselves, it shows that we achieved something, right? 
that doesn't bring us credibility. You know, right. carrying yourself with with integrity, uh, training on a daily basis, getting in the gym and leading by example, that's what's going to bring you credibility, not any credentials or certificates um, that we might amass along the way. Nick, did you have anything you wanted to add to that? Yeah. You know, we all seen, we, we all have seen people who get the certifications and the degrees to promote and they do just enough to pass. They don't really mm-hmm. absorb the information. And, and, you know, through the seniority system, they get promoted. So they, you know, it's, it's like they kind of feel like they owe this promotion because of the time they've been around. Um, not, not because they prepared for the job or anything like that. So, so basically they're out there winging it. And, you know, who's going to trust that person? You, you have chiefs that sometimes you might have a chief with a horrible personality. They have narcissistic behaviors and they bully people. Uh, they they tell lies. Who's going to trust and believe that kind of person? Right. There's no credibility there. It it doesn't matter like what collar brass you wear or how many certificates or degrees you have. There's no credibility there because you just you're not doing it right. That's right. And I love uh, that our discussion on credibility with this question actually is a great segue for my last question for you guys. I want to talk about reputation. And you guys have a topic in your book called Maintaining Trust and a Good Reputation. And uh, I want to read another passage because you guys definitely hit a home run with this. Uh, You guys wrote, quote, Good reputations are maintained on a daily basis. The choices you make on a daily basis will either maintain or destroy your reputation. We must apply the same logic we spoke of earlier. Planning in advance before we go into a fire is smart. Pre-planning for some of the decisions you make on a daily basis is also wise. I mean, that's awesome. I really believe that reputation and building your credibility, as we just talked about, is so important when it comes specifically to leadership. So let's uh, turn the question on on its head. Let's talk about the biggest mistakes you would say are the most common mistakes that you see firefighters making or leaders making that destroy their reputations. Murph, I'll let you start. Wow. Uh, Looking at some of the things in the past, you know, seeing some of the mistakes and we've, we've let go of a lot of people. Unfortunately, we've had to do that. And and, uh, looking back at the reasons is uh, one is you let your guard down and you lose focus. You allow others who, who lack vision and self-control or who have no regard for the fire service to influence you. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, those are some of the things we've seen. And so, uh, you know, in doing exit interviews too, you know, we, we would talk with some of the young firefighters who quit two or three years into the fire service and, you know, uh, we ended up sending out a questionnaire to recruit class, uh, you know, at, at one year and asking them uh, some questions at the year anniversary on the floor. Now, keep in mind, they bounce around from station to station throughout this year. But we had uh, we, you know, sent out this anonymous questionnaire. And, you know, it was one of the questions is, you know, thinking back to your coworkers you've worked with in the last year, describe what actions, interactions and encouragement that motivated you to give your best performance. And so we, and, and this is all still talking about that influence and, 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 and allowing others, uh, you know, so one of them was, I like being taught things before they happened instead of waiting for a mistake and then explaining. Uh, and, and then it goes back to expectations and stuff that we talked about. And so some of these guys get into stations where uh, these people get into stations where there's a, a, just a lack of expectations or vision. Uh, in that station. And then what happens is those guys wanting to fit in, they're not going to rock the boat. And so they just kind of go with the flow. And then sometimes that flow gets them a bad reputation. And, uh, mm-hmm. and then it's hard for them to overcome that, you know, so. Uh, and then one of the questions was what actions, behaviors, or workplace events would limit or destroy your workplace motivation? And this person put being surrounded by guys who don't want to do anything ever. Mm. Uh, And there were a couple of answers that were like that. Uh, In fact, we asked, uh, have you ever considered resigning in the past year? And we had two out of 20 said yes. Wow. Uh, You know, so I think some of the things that, you know, when we're talking about pre-planning for decisions as, as a young person, and, you know, going through Firehouse Mentor gives you this edge, right? 
you go into a station where we've already sat and talked to you about, you know, look, be prepared. This is you. This is your plan. You want to, you're going to go, you're going to work out this much a day. You're going to spend this much of your day learning something new. Well, when you get into that station and you find nobody's doing nothing, it's going to be easy for you to let your guard down and just kind of, oh, man, I'm going to just do this today. And then today turns into a week and a week turns into a month. And so it, it gives you that edge to understand that not everybody might is not going to be excited about what you're doing, you know, so, mm -hmm. but you have to have that conviction in your mind and in your heart to get up and do it, even if nobody else is doing that. And so when we talk about letting your guard down, going with the flow, that's not good. I've seen that. We talk about losing focus. If you're not convicted and you're not, you don't stick to your plan, you lose focus. And then uh, lastly, I think is just, uh, you know, uh, allowing others with lack of vision and self-control to actually uh, influence you. It's like, and then I think that's the part that Nick liked so much is teaching them about influences and understand how subtle it can be. You remember when I asked you at the last one, uh, you know, spell the word shop. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's so easy, but our minds get off easily, you know. So now I would ask you spell the word silk. S-I-L-K. What do cows drink? <laughs> cows that's don't drink milk. They drink water. But you were going to say <laughs> we all do. That's that. right. I caught, I caught myself this time. <laughs> right. You see, yeah, because now you know. You know, and so understanding the influences helps you to pre-plan, helps you to, before you walk in, you go, if they do this, I ain't doing that today. I'm doing my, it's like fitness. Mm -hmm. You pre-plan your meals because if you don't, you're going to eat trash. That's right. And so you pre-plan, you can pre-plan some behaviors that you know you're going to get into in a station on a daily basis. And so That's you pre-plan those, your answers. And that way you don't get caught off guard and you don't just end up sliding in and losing, letting your guard down. You're like, no, I knew this was coming. I'm no, they're going to do this. I'm doing this. It doesn't make them bad, bad people. I'm not saying that, but it takes you off of your plan. Yeah. And so you, you have to prepare for that. That's right. And, and having that discipline to, you know, go against the flow. If we're in a bad flow and surrounded by uh, a bunch of firefighters who just want to be in the recliner and do nothing. Right. Uh, Nick, what do you have to say? What would you add to, the most common mistakes that you see firefighters make that ruin their reputations? One, one of the big things that I see is, um, I don't know if it's always been like that, but I, I see it now that I'm older and I'm like, I'm one of those older guys, I guess you could say when they come in with a, not a complete lack of respect, but when they come in and they, they do some things that kind of show disrespect in a way, uh, people really don't like that. Yeah. Uh, firefighters that been around a while, they really don't like that. Captains, chiefs, that's one of the biggest mistakes you can make is to not have respect for people that are already there. Turns everybody sour on some of these younger guys. Yeah. So I try to always tell them, like, look, you need to respect people. You need to respect everybody in this station. And when the chief comes here, you need to show him the utmost respect. Um, laziness is another one. Ooh, um, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, guys, they come in and they, they want to just kind of hang out and watch TV and not do what they should be doing. I don't, I don't, I don't let rookies get away with not working out. I'm, a, right. I'm harder on them than I am on other people that's been around a while. Because if you come in and you're comfortable with, not going outside and keeping yourself physically fit, then you are, you are a future problem. Yep. So uh, I, and I, a future liability, right? Right, right, right. You know, I'm so glad you brought up laziness because when I think of firefighters damaging their reputations and losing credibility, it comes back to the three L's for me. So you said laziness, uh, but being late and lying. So right. laziness, being late and lying are, are three of the easiest things we can avoid as firefighters. But if we do uh, one or all three of those things, uh, we are going to damage our reputation. Um, and as we all know, you know, we can build up a reputation. We can build up credibility, you know, over five, 10, 20 years. Right. But we can mm -hmm. just make this stupid mistake and it can ruin our credibility. It can ruin our reputation moving forward. Uh, and it, it takes a lot of work to gain back the trust of our peers, um, of those in our fire department, of our citizens, if, if that's applicable. 
Um, so not saying that we have to be perfect because none of us are going to be perfect on this job, right? But um, we need to strive towards excellence, as we talked about before. We have to have that discipline and, and avoid those pitfalls that you guys speak of in your, in your book when it comes to damaging our reputation. Um, and, you know, we have to uphold the standard. We right. have to set the standard, right, right. For, for ourselves and for others to follow as well. Well, guys, I mean, I just really enjoyed our time together. Uh, you guys really um, gave some great responses and a lot for us to think about. Um, and I highly encourage everyone listening to go get Firehouse Mentor, go get a company of leaders. And, um, you know, I want to thank you, Captain Murphy Arsenal, Lieutenant Nick Joyner. Uh, thanks for your time today. Let everybody know how they can get your guys' books and how they can reach out and connect with you. So, Murph, let them know. Uh, well, of course, we're on Amazon. We get them at Amazon. And, uh, but we are, you know, also have a website, accompanyofleaders.com. Uh, we also, you can email us. Uh, I'm at murphy at accompanyofleaders.com. And uh, Nick, what's your website? Nicholas Joyner, N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S-J-O-I-N-E-R at ymail.com. That's the letter Y-M-A-I-L.com. You can get me also on 10 Rounds Firefighting on uh, Facebook or Instagram. Uh, we have a 10 Rounds Firefighting uh, website also. Perfect, guys. Well, thanks again for your time. And to all those out there listening, stay fit, stay safe. And remember, when lives depend on us, success is our only option. Thanks for listening to the Firefighter Success Podcast. Go to firefightersuccessbook.com to learn more about the book, Firefighter Success, 20 C's to Firefighter Excellence. At the website, you can also download the free special report, 101 Rules for Firefighter Success.